الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يدلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما آتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا صدق الله العظيم سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي دروا شيئا فلنا Respected brothers, respected elders, mothers and sisters listening at home. Nowadays we see that every Muslim man or a woman has this burning desire to acquire knowledge. Burning desire to acquire knowledge. And to a certain degree we see with our youth that alhamdulillah they have engaged themselves in grasping Islamic knowledge but the truth is one section of the ummah or should I say the overwhelming unit of the ummah has deprived themselves from this nur knowledge given by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and generally the excuse that is presented given is that we live in the 21st century it's a fast world that we live in we are inundated with work we have no time hum kya kare hamari masroofiyat bahut zyada hai we are inundated with work from 9 to 5 if you look at our timetable it's full we have no time these are excuses inborn from the shaitan if we are to compare ourselves to the companions sahaba-i kiram ajma'in wallahi lazim sahaba were more busy than the modern man today more busy and more preoccupied than the modern man today all the Muslims today in the year 2007 Sahaba were more busy and loaded with work but yet when it came to knowledge subhanallah they were people who worked extremely hard and Allah invested in them the knowledge, the nur of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam they did not present excuses today if we are loaded with work if we are inundated with work Allah has given us so much comfort technology that is around us 
In the past when people wanted to perform Hajj It would take them 9 to 10 months to reach Jeddah 9 to 10 months And when they would return back 9 to 10 months There was no guarantee of their safe return Therefore we see when they would meet their family members It was a proper meeting we perform Hajj after Hajj Alhamdulillah khair Allah has made it easy for us We have all the means The comfort You book a flight Seven hours you're at Jeddah airport You reach Jeddah airport You want to talk to your family Take out your mobile Straight away Anytime Any part of the world You get connected you want to see something, you have the computer in front of you, you have access to the internet, any part of the world you can see. It is as if though dunya is in the tips of your fingers. You control everything. Subhanallah. Everything is there. And by the day new technology is coming. So we have comfort also. And Allah has made it easy for us. In those days there was no anesthetic Pain was given to an individual when he went to the doctor. Operations. Today, mashallah, ask the doctors, that person, uh, they numb one section of the body and there he is communicating with the doctor, how are you, everything is okay, and an operation is taking place. Allah has made it easy. Compare ourselves to Sahaba'i Kiram Ajma'een. We are full of excuses. We have time for dunya, but when it comes to Islamic knowledge, oh, it's difficult, this, this is a problem, we don't have time, I have to do that, I have to do this. Subhanallah. Sahaba-i kiram ajma'een were people who had extended families, who had many, many children. They had many, many wives, they were committed people. They, they were business people, they were people uh, who, majority of the companions in Makkatul Mukarramah, were shepherds and farmers. They didn't have a slot, nine to five working slot. They couldn't speak to their uh, flocks of animals, right? Okay, by Saturday, Sunday, I won't come, huh? I'm taking it off, Saturday, Sunday, holiday. They can't speak to the animals and say, I won't be coming. We need to ring the boss and say, right, Saturday, Sunday, I'm not working. I'm taking leave. I'm going for a two week holiday they couldn't say that it was difficult everything was on the sahaba on the companions everything was loaded on them they were not born with a, a golden spoon in their mouth they were not in that category yes sahaba was sahaba but it was not so easy they had to earn their livelihood they did not have a, a magic stick that Anything they touched became gold. They were human beings. They struggled. They did mujahada. Subhanallah They earned their livelihood. They worked hard. And they took out time. They were people who controlled time. Time did not control them. That is the difference. Today, time controls Muslims. Sahaba-i kiram ajma'een. They were a dominant force. They would control time. They would dictate time. And for that matter, Allah gave them barakat. Allah gave them barakat. They had time. 
In the night we sleep. Sahaba would dictate time. They would stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They would worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They took time out. It is not that shaitan gave up on the companions and that somehow they were immune from the wasavis of shaitan. That was not the case. Allahu Akbar. None of them were infallible. Koi masoom nahi tha. Masoom to sif anbiya alayhi was salam. But they dictated time, my respected brothers. Alhamdulillah. And this is what we need to do. We need to understand with the busy schedule of the companion Sahabai Kiram Ajma'een, how did they manage to, on one side, benefit and seek knowledge and become tulab students of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, whilst on the other side, they would even earn their livelihood. They even continued in their dunya. They were great people, they had dunya, they had businesses. But yet they were awliyaullah. Subhanallah. They had a method. We are talking about the seerah of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an. Let us use him as a prime example. How did Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an acquire and invest in him that nur? And I say nur because anything that came out of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that knowledge is nur. That is light. It makes you insan. It makes you a human being. It makes you humble. It brings you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is said that in Madinatul Munawwara, Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab had a land and in partnership with, in, in partners, partnership was this Ansari companion of one portion, one piece of land in the outskirts of Madinatul Munawwara, a vast land. And it was important that both of the companions would be there present. It was a vast land. And the owners, one of them was Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab and another was an Ansari Sahabi. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala knew that livelihood, earning your livelihood is important. But at the same time, to become a student of Rasulullah and to seek knowledge is as important. Look at this beautiful formula of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab. He says to his Ansari companion, they were not of excuses. They would present no excuses. They were sincere, truthful people. And he said to his Ansari companion that, look, you are in partnership with me. And I know it is important for both of us to be there. But knowledge is important. Let us come to an agreement. Both of us will work hard. I want you to go one day and stay in the khidmat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Medina. Who is saying this? Hazrat Umar Farooq. I want you to go to Madinatul Munawwara and stay in the khidmat of Rasulullah. Seek knowledge. Whatever he says, memorize it. I will work on my behalf, my share and also your share. So I will take double the load. I will look after the, the land. You don't have to worry. You go and seek knowledge. 
And in the night when we meet again, I will sit with you in your company. You transfer all the knowledge that you have taken from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, so I can benefit. Allahu. And the next day, Hazrat Umar is saying, I will go and you work in the farm. One day I go to Rasulullah, you work in the farm. The next day you go and I will work. And this was the tartib. They were powerful individuals. They did not stop. They knew the importance of knowledge. It is knowledge that makes an individual very powerful, close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is the most powerful weapon today, my respected brothers. Musalman se log darte kyu hai? Kya cheez hai musalman? Musalman ki nisbat Rasulullah se bahut mazboot hoti hai. That is why they come in that state of awe and fear. The connection with whilst that individual has with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the form of knowledge. And one other thing which is very very important as Muslims to understand is that as Muslims we have a double shift in dunya. God says we have a double shift. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Kun fi dunya ka annaka gharib aw abiru sabil. Stay in this dunya as a traveler or like that person who is crossing the bridge. This dunya is a bridge for a believer for him to get to the hereafter. Insan has to earn his livelihood in this dunya and insan also has to earn his akhirat in this dunya. So how many shifts has he got? Two shifts. Has he got time to throw away my respected brothers with a double shift? He has to earn his livelihood and he has to earn Jannah in this dunya. He comes with a double load. Every believer comes with a double load. Subhanallah. That is why the father will wake up in the morning and will come to the masjid, will perform Fajr Salah. Now he is investing in the hereafter. After Fajr Salah, he will read his Yaseen, investing in the hereafter. After Fajr Salah, he might read his Ishraq, investing in the hereafter. Then he goes to work, earning his livelihood. And if he makes the right intention, even the livelihood will become akhirat for him. And then, it's zuhr time. He takes time out and he performs zuhr, investing in the hereafter. After zuhr salah, back at work, earning his livelihood. It's winter time. He takes a break quickly, asr time, asr and maghrib, very short, short days. He reads his asr, earning his Akhirat. Again, reading his Maghrib, earning his Akhirat. In between working. Dunya bi kamaraha. And this is the pattern of a believer. Earning his livelihood, investing in the hereafter. Earning his livelihood, investing in the hereafter. He's got a what? A double shift. Subhanallah. So we cannot afford to waste time, my respected brothers. We need to come up with some fast formula, something, a tartib. That with everything that we do, we even take time out for knowledge, for Qur'an and for hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.
That is the difference between a believer and a kafir. For a kafir, Allah says, وَمَا لَهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِن نَسِيبِ His belief or aqeedah in the hereafter, that there is heaven and hell, he is very, very weak. He is not like a believer. A Muslim, he sees Jannat and Jahannam in front of him. He is very strict. He is a strict believer. As for a kafir, it's only on a Sunday perhaps. And that is why uh, in the modern world today, birthdays are a big issue. Birthdays are a big issue. Because the modern man wants to challenge nature. He feels that if I can defeat nature, I'm one step ahead. As Muslims, we are not here to defeat nature, we are here to defeat the shaitan. So for a Muslim, it does not make sense to have 25 candles on a cake and to blow them and to wish something and to slice the cake. It doesn't make sense. But for a kafir, it's a big issue. That I am alive. I am alive. For him, it's a big issue. And that is why he wants to celebrate but Allah's Nabi has said, as believers, we have to do muhasaba. You don't celebrate, you do muhasaba. Apna hisab kare. Do some introspection. Look inside you. So, apni islah karo. Do some muhasaba. And his thinking is that, oh Allah, I am already 35. I am already 36. I am already 37. I am already 45. And now I am getting close to my cover. So he is thinking about cover. He has no time. His aqidah is that everything is destined from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything is fate. Har cheez kya hai? Taqdeer hai. Likhi hui hai. So it does not make any sense to him. For him to celebrate. There is no celebration. Celebration is after death. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens his cover and makes his cover a portion of Jannah, insha'Allah ta'ala. So that is why my respected brothers and elders, these petty excuses that are inborn from the shaitan, oh we haven't got time, we haven't got time, Allahu Akbar, we have to take time. We need to cut out time. We need to take control of our leisure time. The hours that we waste in front of the TV box, in front of the internet, the hours that we spend gappe shappe in our majalis, all those minutes with a double load, with a double shift that Allah has given us, earning your livelihood and pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we need to take control and sahabai kiram ajma'een are the best example in front of us. Best example. No one is greater than the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when it came to controlling time. Allahu Akbar. Ek, ek minute unki zindagi, subhanallah, kabile rashkti. Kabile rashkti. My brothers, Allahu Akbar, if we don't take time as a ni'mah, as a blessing, then it is like cancer. It will eat you away. Therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken an oath in the Quran, Wal-Asr, Wal-Asr, Zamaniki Qasam. Allah takes an oath by time. As Muslims we have to 
think forward. We have to come with some formula to read books, mashallah, to come to the gatherings and, and learn from the scholars. There is always something that you will take away. Always something. And this is noor, my respected brothers. There is no magic here that one will become Junaid Baghdadi. There is no magic here. But definitely, for sure that noor will affect you. And it will help you. It will help you and it will help your generation to come. Subhanallah al-Azim. When we look at Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an, and the knowledge that Allah gave him, Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahmatullah alayhi has said that one hadith that is narrated by Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab is one quarter of Islam. Just one hadith that has been narrated by Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab is one quarter of Islam. Who says that? The great Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahmatullah. And in fact, for that matter, Hazrat Imam Bukhari rahmatullah alayhi has started his beautiful masterpiece, the work of Ahadith. All the Ahadith that he has gathered in the Sahih, Al Jami'u Sahih. The very first Hadith is narrated by Hazrat Umar ibn al Khattab. And it is this hadith that Imam Ahmad rahmatullah alayhi speaks of that it is one quarter of Islam. Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an says that I have heard from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَّاتِ Deeds are in accordance to your intention. Deeds are in accordance to your intention. Subhanallah. Jami'iyat. You give charity if it is for the pleasure of Allah, you will be rewarded. You perform salah. If it is for the pleasure of Allah, you will be rewarded. Any action that you do, little or big, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will only reward you if your intention is right. And the narrator is Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala. As for his knowledge, my respected brothers, the knowledge that Allah gave him. Second, only after Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an because uh, it, it was uh, unanimously agreed and everyone knew that the most a'lam, the most learned from amongst the companions was Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an and second after Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an such was the honor and maqam status of this great man that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam would frequently see Hazrat Umar in his dreams. Allahu Rasulullah would see Umar ibn al-Khattab in his dreams. In one hadith it is mentioned, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam saw a dream that many individuals were presented to him. Many individuals, companions came to him. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is actually describing how the people were. And he said some of them had their qameez, as in the upper garment, qurta, that was very short to the chest. And some of the qurta was to the thighs, and some of the qurta was to the knees. And so different people came in different size of qurta. A lot of their qurta was short. 
Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam says, all of a sudden I see Umar ibn al-Khattab coming. And Umar ibn al-Khattab was drowning in his kurta. He was drowned, literally drowning. It was such a large kurta, XXXXXL. XXXL. And that he was dragging the kurta also from the back. Yeah. And coming and walking in front of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Itna bara kurta. Kaun pahen raha hai? Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. Allahu. All our brothers might be wondering that in Sharia it is not jayz for a Muslim to wear anything below the ankle. Below the ankle. It is guna. It is a sin. Everything must be above the Ankle, especially in the fiqh of Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullah alayhi, should be above the ankle. Now here we see Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an in this kurta, he is drowning in that kurta and also the kurta is being dragged. Muhaddisin have given an interpretation to this dream, remember it's a dream and dreams have a different meaning. Scholars have mentioned that large garments, clothes in your dreams is an indication of that person's knowledge and his deen, religion. So Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an was a man who had a lot of knowledge, a lot of knowledge. Subhanallah. A lot of knowledge. And the dragging of that kurta is an indication, muhaddisin have mentioned, that even after the, the demise of that individual, that dragging uh, means that a lot of the people will benefit from his teachings even after his death, even after his demise. So that kurta which is being dragged is sadaqah jariya. What is it? Sadaqah jariya. So that was the sadaqah jariya of Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab. And the kurta was the knowledge and the deen, the religion of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala. Why have khab dekhe na koi admi apne aap ko kurte mein to zara dekhe apna kurta kitna lamba hai. Apna kurta kitna lamba hai. Why kisi ne mujhe kaha tha ke mere miya mujhe dekh khair chalo. I don't want to speak of this in case that person is listening to me. Allahu Akbar. And khair, that was one taweez that was written and mashallah it worked perfectly. It worked perfectly. So look at the kurta, how long it is, if you see a dream. And it is interpreted as it to be your deen, your religion and also knowledge. Subhanallah, the knowledge that was given to Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab. And that is why another dream that was shown to Hazrat Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was that he was close to a well. Kuwa, well. And in the beginning, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was scooping out buckets full of water and giving it to the companions that were there. And after Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq came. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was finding it a bit difficult, scooping and withdrawing water from the well. And he did it two times, just, just a bit more than two times. And then Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab came. Okay? Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab as he was, straight away, mashallah, scooping out 
buckets full of water, buckets full of water, and giving it to everybody, giving it to everybody. Who saw this dream? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What is the meaning of the dream? This refers to the Khilafat of Hazrat Abu Bakr and Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq's Khilafat was just a bit more than over two years. And his Khilafat was very, very difficult because after the demise of Rasulullah, the difficulty and the, the, the trials and tribulation which Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq had to go through, none from the companions went through. It was only him this great individual, that courage, and we have covered this, mashallah, in great depth. And it was just a bit more than two years. And then came the golden era. Huh? The time and the khilafat of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab, which was more than ten years. And Allah opened the doors of conquest, futuhat, and a lot of wealth came to the Muslims. Islam was a a powerful, a dominant force to be reckoned with. People feared, subhanallah, the Muslims at that time, in the Khilafat of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab. So this was the meaning of the dream, that ten years quickly taking out water, that as Umar ibn al-Khattab, people will benefit from Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala. Allahu Akbar. We end the session with one hadith again coming to the mind, my respected brothers. Women would come to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And nowadays sometimes we are very very harsh with women. Let us not be so extreme to isolate them away completely. Islam is a moderate religion. Islam is a moderate religion. In the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, women would come to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and ask him questions about deen, about religion. And Rasulullah would educate them. And as is the nature of women, when they would ask questions, sometimes the, the voice would be very, very loud. And they were speaking in front of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa Allah ke Rasul, ye masla, wo masla, nahi wo masla, ji, ye bhi masla, ye bhi ek masala. And all of a sudden, Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an came in the gathering of Rasulullah. When the women saw Hazrat Umar, Everything went mute, cut off, electricity, light off, kamosh. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam looked at the women and looked at Hazrat Umar and started to laugh. The women were all quiet. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and said, Ya Rasulallah, why are you laughing? Have I done something that you are laughing? Kuchwa would say, with a lot of respect. And he said, Oh, Omar, these women that were in front of me were speaking to me casually and they had a lot of questions and I was answering the questions until you came. And when they saw you, they became quiet. Everything just cut off. Hazrat Omar radiallahu ta'ala got very angry. And he says, Is that? Is that the case, Ya Rasulullah? And he looked at the women and he went, Ya Aduwati bi anfusihin. Ya Aduwati bi anfusihin. Or enemies of your own selves. Apni jano ke dushman. Apni jano ke dushman. Or enemies of your own self. You fear me. 
the Khadim of Rasulullah, the student of Rasulullah, you fear me and you speak loud in front of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And women had the courage to answer back. <laughs> answer back. Rais, Siraj? Allahu Akbar. And the women looked and Huzur alayhi salam was there and they said, Oh, you shout at us in front of Rasulullah and they said, Naam, yes. Yes, that is the truth what you say, O Umar. Antafaz wa aglaz. You are a man who is tempered, you get very you get angry very quickly, you're a hot tempered person, we fear you. And Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala I just smiled at the women. <laughs> Didn't know what to say, kya kai? Kabi kabi orte insan ko la jawab kar deti hai. Say ye na Musabai. Musabai won't say anything. Madame is listening at home. Sun rahi hai. La jawab. And Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam smiled at Umar and said, Umar, do you blame the women? Allah has given you such awe. Allah has given you such status that I have seen in the streets of Medina when you walk in one street of Medina shaitan does not cross your path he turns away from you Allahu Akbar shaitan does not walk in your path he crosses you this is the maqam this is the status now muhaddisin have mentioned this does not mean that as an Umar ibn al-Khattab was somehow immune from the wasawis the whispering of the shaitan no it means that Shaitan was with Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab, but to fight Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab was a difficult mission for Shaitan. It was very, very difficult for Shaitan to take control of Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab. This is what is meant that Shaitan does not cross Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab. Otherwise, as for the companions, none of them were infallible. It is all only Ambiyalihimussalatu wassalam who are masoom. Allah subhanahu wa taala give us the tawfiq. The subject was how important it is nowadays that we take control of time and we seek knowledge and the examples are given to you by this great man Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an. Allah pakareko tawfiq de wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidil Musaleen. اللهم تقبل منا وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم نستغفرك ونتوب إليك نستغفرك ونتوب إليك سمعنا وطانا غفرانك ربنا وإليك المصير برحمتك يا رحم الرحيم